Well, welcome. If you're just joining us, you are tuning in to Elite Business Live or uh, hashtag EBL2021. And the reason I mention the hashtag is because what I noticed across the course of yesterday and across previous years is using that hashtag allows you to bump in to people in the digital world. Maybe your next investor, your next partner, a particular client. So um, thank you for joining us. We're going to get started on this theme of commercial growth. And I'm pleased to say that our first keynote speaker is quite a formidable entrepreneur, also a huge supporter of businesses, and also an investor with her own cash. So lots of tales to tell. I'm going to ask her a couple of questions before she gets started, but uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome to our Elite Business Live stage the one and only Lara Morgan. Yay! Good morning, Lara. Good morning, Ollie. How <laughs> lovely nice to, to see you. you. <laughs> In person. Yeah. And you haven't changed a bit. It's lovely to see only you. aging, Ollie. Only aging. <laughs> no, you look great. It's, um, do you know, I always think of you. You, you started your, your business, Pacific Direct, you sold it hugely successfully. It was shipping to pretty much every country 110, in the world. 110, 110. 110 countries. And by the way, if you've ever benefited from, I'm going to give one example, but those small soap bottle soaps, you were selling those to the best hotels in the world. Very luckily. And I mean, hopefully now a thing of the past as we look more sustainability wise, but coming out of COVID, that's going to be a challenge. So. Right. So that makes me think, has this lockdown for you or how has it been? So mixed. I mean, I'm very privileged. I work with some amazing people and I always have. And frankly, thanks to those people, I am where I am. But um, Gate 8 luggage, you know, you can imagine we supply crew luggage and, and online we yeah. sell luggage. So for those of you that are about to travel, please go online and buy our luggage because nobody has recently. Yeah. And that's one of your investments. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, uh, in between, you know, kit bricks and amazing outdoor sort of bag and it's mixed because we've got outdoor swimming growing which is great and lots of people doing exercise good but you know 47 events cancelled last year and that is demolishing the fitness and wellness industry in the yeah. in the out but hopefully today we're starting to go outside again yeah. and then at the sort of other side you know i have yogi bear which was an early stage investment and it's grown I think the numbers are just short of 400%. You could have filled two milk bottles with sand and sold them as fitness equipment online last year. So Yogi yeah. Bear benefited. And, and, and Yogi Bear isn't just experiential, it, it's product based? Oh no, it's definitely yoga mats and yoga equipment. And, and, and actually, who comes up with these names? I'm getting jealous as a pun aficionado. Yeah. So, so actually the genius, and, and that is the point, which is when you're an investor, if you find the, in my case, I'm a product girl, so you, you really are people and product embedded. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that kind of sometimes quite fractious relationship, but it's really healthy because if I was once told if there are two people in the room and they're agreeing all of the time, then one of them is superfluous. And I think that's brilliant right. because actually I think it's healthy to disagree and to innovate and to challenge. And, it, and that is a constant part of enterprise. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got um, my hero business, which is centered, which is kind of... <laughs> couldn't be better for the times and is I, I sit in this juxtaposition of being sad that our mental health and well-being product which is a miniature you know portable balm it's brilliant you know we've gone live on qvc we've grown unbelievably people are wanting to sleep and recover and being more regardful of their health yes. and their well-being so we've seen the upsides, but right. you know, I've had everything. Oh, talk about swings and roundabouts. I, I am noticing, and I must give you the full stage, Lara, but so many of your things you support with your money and with your time are about health, well-being, That's, active living. Yeah, I mean, everything. So as an investor, 
if it isn't well-being and health, I'm not interested because you realise once you've sold, frankly, the only asset you can't buy, although I am working towards body parts in due course and I'm hoping medical science keeps up with me, um, you know, that I'll have enough to replace these bits and I'll look after these bits. But actually, yes. you know, I've, I think we also need to see the positives of the time past. And right. That's important. Well, and you're exceptionally good at that. Speaking of spare parts, I'm going to leave you uh, <laughs> to your own devices on the stage. Uh, you're in very capable hands, everybody. I give you uh, the brilliant Lara Morgan. Thank you. Thanks, Ollie. Um, good morning, everybody. I haven't done it this way, but we're going to have a bash and it's going to be a laugh and it's like all things enterprise. We're going to learn a bit. Um, I looked up this morning mainly because I'm a disorganised baggage and I'm moving too quickly. What is the meaning of enterprise? And I'll have to put on my glasses, but... It, it, it said, under that marvellous Google, a project or an undertaking, especially one that is bold. And I thought, brilliant, now I've got an opening. And then I just thought about the systematic and the, you know, the purposeful need of enterprise today. And I am here to talk about commercial growth, so I thought I'd give it a theme. And like all good salespeople, although I get no commission, I recommend to you a book called The Rainmaker. And my theme is The Rainmaker. And actually, I looked at my first slide and I thought, oh, God, that's dull. So I can use that as an example of, don't, it's okay to make mistakes on this journey. It's okay to go fast. And I'm going to use uh, the lines of the Rainmaker and hopefully give you some tools and some takeaways and some adaptions that you might be able to use. And I guess if you want the slides, someone will give them to you. I think this is stuff of the past. I think if you haven't had time to bloody well meditate and do some yoga and, and, and either you've put on the pounds or you've taken off the pounds, I think we've got to look forward. I think it's absolutely about positivity, so it's onwards and upwards, and I think it's about being the best that we can be again. So I was brought up in an environment with parents that were pretty unforgiving, competitive. I feel very lucky for that. And what I'm going to talk to you about, not just resilience, because you should have got through the resilience piece. Now you need to be relentless. Relentless in your ambition, reactive in the way you sell. And the reason I recommend The Rainmaker is it is, it is a sales learning book. What we have in Britain is the greatest gift of all, which is we have the English language. And the English language worldwide is the language of selling. So the first R is about react and relentless and then setting yourself new rules. And the first rule is find a new customer every day, every single day, and get it in your diary. It's the first thing you do in the morning. You look for a new prospect. And by doing that, you build a pipeline. And now you start getting back in business. And then you have momentum. And from that one customer grows. So from little acorns grow mighty oaks. The A of Rainmaker is adaption. Two ears and one mouth. I'm not very good at it. Again, I'm still learning. But Darwin was all about adaption. And those that adapt, they survive. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about aiming high, higher than you've ever aimed before. I'm quite well known for talking inappropriately about sweaty, knickered moments. That's where I wear black trousers. You can't see my sweaty, knickered moment of the day. I am agile, I am able, and I have the right attitude. And I employ people with the right attitude because I can teach them aptitude. And I would commend to you the Kickstarter program where we need to get on track with some of the young under-24s 18 to 24 year olds who may have had 100 rejection letters and may, start, may have started losing the will to live in terms of business. Give these people a chance. They'll bring infectious positivity. Frankly, we all need to get out a bit. So the eye of Rainmaker is your ability to sell your product and your brand with passion. I had to relearn to park this morning. And as I was relearning to park in this hideous car park that has tight spaces, I was laughing because I'd 
recollected that on the way to the event, I was seeing more mums and dads drop children at school. I think we need to be infectiously aware that we've gained some things and we've maybe got a new perspective. And I think we can hang on to the positive and remain flexible with our teams. It also made me think I should share with you that today is 30 years since I started my first business, Pacific Direct, when I was 23. And I wanted to tell you the story that when I turned up on the Dorchester's steps, I was wearing borrowed clothes because I had no money. A friend of my mum's lent me a skirt so that I looked decent to turn up. And I guess what I turned up with was a desire to learn. And so the two ears and one mouth made me listen at the Dorchester. And I luckily, and you will make your luck by turning up, showed them a pre-threaded sewing kit that made me have my first product sale. But it took nine months. And for those of you that are on a journey and wondering what the hell you're doing and it's still taking time, that hanging in there, that nine-month journey, turned 17 years later into a price from a one-man band of £20.2 million, which I exited 12 years ago. You lead and you have to be infectious with your determination. But you also have to be you and you have to be accessible and, lack, and never lack humility. So in the end of Rainmaker, I want to remind everybody that the most important word in business is no. Get your strategy, stick to your knitting, and know that the most important word is no. That's not what we do. You're experts in something. You stick to the something. You hang in there for all it takes. No means you're staying focused. No means that you're aware of what you're aiming to do. No means that you're an expert in the field. No means that you're strong enough to stay focused and do what you want to do to take the vision and the mission ahead. You have to learn to say no. And whilst you're doing it, ask for more than you're currently asking on a price list. The reason I tell you that is prices are going to go up everywhere, particularly on the product world. We're now paying, we have paid up to 10 times for container space for freight. And it's, it's a tough market. There are going to be supply chain uh, squeezes. You need to know your market, be an expert in your field and price right. But most of us don't charge enough and most of us don't value our expertise. The M in Rainmaker is make do. What I mean by that is I mean Pareto. The 80-20 game of a product is good enough, get it to market and then start listening to feedback. Your customer will tell you if you ask them the right questions. So learn to professionally qualify. And if you do nothing else after today, teach everybody in your organization what is that vision and, vision and mission and what are the qualification questions that then allow you to know, are you speaking to the right customer or do you need to move on? Is your message clear? Does it hit you in the eyes on your website, what the promise is and what makes you better or different than the rest? Once you have a message and it's 80% formed, you have to then go with the market and you have to hear and listen and that's where you have to adapt. But don't fanny around and keep thinking you're going to be a perfectionist because perfectionists die on the vine. They don't get the product to market and by the time they get there, someone sold their space and taken the budget. Move it quickly. Act is the A. Everything is also about your ambition and the size of your desire to achieve. Did I know on the steps of the Dorchester that I would 17 years later, exit with 99%, having sold to 110 countries, did I hell? I laugh about it when I say it now, and I think that was an afterlife. 
And I go, actually, what made this kid ambitious? And the answer is hunger. I needed to pay the bills. And I suspect some of you are in that position today. And that's a good place to be because the only way is up. The K is kick ass, but actually what I mean by that is I'm quite dyslexic, so we're going to call it culture because I can, and I'm in charge. And the answer is, is that I'm not really in charge because it's the culture of your organization that will define your level of success along with your ambition. And I promise you, your staff will be your, more ambitious than you can possibly believe, so ask them. The brains of the many are much more powerful than your own ideas. Put your ideas out there, subject yourself to criticism and feedback, and listen and take it on board. And better still, celebrate great ideas. Have an excuse to tell the team that you're doing the right thing and you're going to the right places and you're having fun. And get them to tell you what kind of culture they want to be in. One other big takeaway is I wanted to think of something quite meaningful about deciding that I wasn't going to listen to uh, shutdown effect and that my team and I were not going to be held back. And so we started to put the word sustainability at the top of every agenda and every meeting point. And through putting sustainability at the heart of our culture, we've done a lot of growing up and we've done a lot of progressive development in product. And we've reviewed lots of things because in some cases we've had a lot of time. In other cases, we haven't had time to breathe. So what I would say to you is, is the culture of your organization that will allow you to become kick-ass comes from the many, not from one. I don't believe you build a business and you scale it on your own. I think you need a team. And you also need to have home and family understand. And, and for anybody that's about to ask me that stupid question about what is ba life balance, I mean, Jesus, how difficult a question is that? The fact is, is that everybody has their own level of happiness. I'm happy when I'm working. And I suspect my family would much rather I was working than at home, but that's another story. Um, my point is this. You have to work out what's right for you, but you also have to take your responsibilities on board. So enterprise is a sacrificial game, gain. But if you choose not to miss a nativity play, then choose clever and put it in your diary now. You can tell Christmas is coming. I had to go into nine nativity plays before I got one Mary. And, and I got one in the end. And so it was worth it. And we've laughed about it ever since. Tamsin still thinks being Mary is cool. And by the way, if you wiki me, she keeps telling me everybody on my Wikipedia that she is the luckiest thing that has ever happened to me. Go with a sense of humor and go abroad. The E in Rainmaker is for export. Possibly counterintuitive to small businesses, but you'd be amazing how you can fake it before you make it. And the E is also for English. Let me remind you, the greatest gift. I speak some languages, but I can tell you I've been to 84 countries and sold in English. And there isn't a hotel in the world that doesn't have English. So you have a safe space. And business is transacted in English. So go wise and get prepared because Britain needs to export and we need to become rainmakers. And the R, the R I left as a blank. Why did I leave the R as a blank? It's because I can't spell. Never have been able to spell, but I'm not perfect. So my point about that is you will make mistakes along the way and you will learn lessons. And of course, people talk about resilience and I want to go back to relentlessness and, and you're going to be rejected. Like Hannah quite rightly said with her 20,000 emails, that's kind of rejection, but actually it's not because everybody's rejecting you. It's just because you might not be the right prince and the right frog and it might not be the right kind of kiss and you may need to kiss more frogs. 
and you may need to move on quicker and you might need to find better kissing and you might need to practice better. And with practice, you will, you will then have the rainmaker of success. So I, I don't want to drag on and I'm sure that Ollie has some questions, but I also want to uh, urge you to think financially. In every part of enterprise, you cannot dodge, dodge the importance of knowing your finances. So in terms of how you're working, be brave and be bold and be ballsy, but know your numbers. Um, what I would say to you is, is that you need to learn to count. Worst case, use Excel. Best case, get zero or an accounting platform. It's a gift. We're 30 years on. In the old days, I used to have a big red book and I used to do bought ledger and sales ledger and add it up. And I remember shaking like a leaf when I did my first VAT return. And I even remember the number. But what I can say to you is I will end on this note. Profitable prioritization beats procrastination. Wear big knickers. Why do I mean that? Every day when you write your list of priorities, they are attached to a financial value because time is money. And one of the greatest gifts in the world is to learn the habit, to share the habit, and to spread the habit that if we profitably prioritized and we knew where our cash was, where turnover is vanity and profit is sanity and cash is king, then you will grow successfully and I hope have a great exit one day. I wish you well and I hope that was useful. It us. was immensely useful, Lara. Thank you so much. I mean, I hope you'll agree. Uh, there was an amazing amount packed into that, Lara. As ever, we've been uh, we've been through big knickers. We've been through different <laughs> types of kissing. I mean, we expect nothing less. Well, sod it. <laughs> it will, which will set tongues wagging, I'm sure. Can, can I ask you? There, there's so much when you speak. I think around sort of self knowledge, knowing yourself, understanding what you're good at and what you're not, and. If you see that from the wrong angle, that can sound a bit navel-gazy, but I just wonder what you've learned about working out who does what and what you need to change as a result. I mean, Ollie, I, I am so bankrupt father, learned to sell, didn't know I was a salesperson, lucky that I found I'm a salesperson, have kept working on the art of being a salesperson, but in the process have also had to become a proper grown-up CEO, yeah. you know, kind of I arrived there first. I didn't get the title, I earned the title, I think, yeah. because I've read every book in the bloody universe around, you know, and, you know, WH Smith's business section is genius because it can actually take you on a journey and yeah. it's not very expensive to teach you. But in the teaching, you also have to have the humility to go, you're not perfect, right? Mm. And I am, I mean, I'm a sports person mm. and I'm, I lose and hopefully sometimes I win. Mm. And in between, I learn lessons. And I think that analogy of, you know, getting up and, and getting back on the horse. Yeah. That self-awareness. And then, you know, the big thing that lots of small enterprises really struggle with is that changing of the tides. So you go from a little to a bit more and, and then people talk about going from a million to five, which oh. may, may or may not be right for some of the audience. But in doing so, you can't do everything. Right. I just wonder though, Laura, have you got any time for these sort of psychometrics and things like that? I have. Yeah. yeah. So I've got time for everything because I think it's a learning journey and a mishmash. Oh. But equally, I may not do it all because that's what I was going to say, which is I don't have time to do it all. And if I don't trust my people, yeah. and by the way, I think that's where a lot of business breaks because the entrepreneur feels they have to control everything. So I, I genuinely, two days ago, I was feeling knackered. Mm. So I wrote to all of my team and I said, please don't email me till Monday. Good. Right. And I said, and in between times, here's A, B, C and D, three, whatever, yeah, six, yeah, seven yeah. things that you can do. That means you don't even have to email me, just make a decision. Yeah, great. So very empowering. Just get on yeah. with it. 
you know how to do it. Yeah. So what about that idea that, I mean, I worry that we're sharing what is sometimes a double standard where a founder says, I'm going to work every hour of the day and I don't expect you to. Is that just the nature of founder-led businesses or is there a double standard? Um, there are definitely businesses with a double standard. Um, so actually during the last few months, um, I've gone out of my way to hold uh, Microsoft Teams calls and, and Zoom calls as I've been walking my dogs. Yes. And actually, I've loved it. My dogs come and tell me it's three o'clock now. And we go walking because it's, this is the time. <laughs> and, you know, I think good leadership is by example. I mean, my daughter and I ran around London yesterday. Oh. And, you know, I, I, I have a contract with self to look after my health, self, my health because I also run health and well-being brands. I mean, what a bloody hypocrite. But equally, I'll tell you, your fitness and the way your mind performs is better when you do sleep recovery and you look after your wellness and you get some fresh air. And apparently mobile phones work outdoors. (laughs) So you have no excuse. And I'm like, yes, there are double standards, but you're not doing yourself any favours. Really helpful. So in terms of the companies that you're investing in, when you catch yourself saying to them, in your inimitable way, that is a waste of your time. What sort of activity do you catch them doing which you think they shouldn't be bothering with? There's a big open question there, but I bet you wouldn't hesitate to tell them. Well, I mean, the point is, is I mean, again, it depends what size you're at, because the truth is, early phase, you're a juggler. Yeah. You know, you're putting the bins out, you're cleaning the loos, you're breathing and living the business. And, it, and I would say to you, that's a good amount of sacrifice. Okay. And I, you know, I did two years with barely breathing. Um, and then you start to, you know, recruit and actually a really important takeaway when you recruit before you recruit, really decide what those cultures and values are and make sure you ask questions that test that somebody's got that sustainability outlook or that understanding that they're going to be thrown in the deep end sometimes. And how do they feel about, you know, that and challenges and research and whatever it is you're going to throw at them. And I think when you catch someone who is, let's say you've guided and mentored a bit and they're systematically not getting it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to make the brave change. So, you know, we do grow out of people. Yes. We grow out of each other. Toughest part of enterprise is letting people go because you've got to be human about it. And I'll bet you there are people listening who are hating their partners or their partner investors at the moment. So change them. Yeah. To shake it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You up for going a bit quick fire? Yeah. We're going to shift the gear. Right. You are a formidable salesperson. Give us your top sales tip, particularly when not in your home country. Listen and qualify. Right. So the listen is, you know, if you can get to the pain point of that customer and really understand where maybe the current supply chain isn't doing it, or if you're lucky enough to be selling new product, you know, it's about really showing value, creating value. And the other thing is, by the way, you can make more profit abroad. So don't forget your price list there. Um, and then... No, this is good. Carry on, one more. It, so I said, listen and qualify. Yeah. The qualify is back to that no piece, which is you only want certain types of business if you have a vision. And, and yeah. actually, we, you know, once I, I mean, so dopey, I've made every mistake. But once my sales team and I recognized that if we could really understand what the cons- customer was trying to achieve and we became luxury five-star specialists, nice, nice idea. We never stayed in those hotels because we had a budget and I was turned right on aeroplanes because I'm, you know, that was fair. Um, and fairness and, you know, prioritization mm-hmm. matters in that as well, but that's good leadership. But if you qualify the customer, 
And ultimately, if they're not a good fit, spend time elsewhere. Good. Right, Lara, we're going to go paisley through these ones. Um, you're bringing someone on board. You've got the interview. Give me a zinger technique or question in that key interview that will help you decide if this is the person for you. A zinger question. My favourite interview question is, what would your best friend tell me about you that you wouldn't tell someone, that you wouldn't tell someone? Because we're British, right? And we're rubbish at showing off. Yeah. But actually, it's a good way of getting... So that's on. a lovely take on it. So, so you give them permission to rave. Yeah, I want them to them. rave. Really because lovely. I want them to be less British. I think you're getting them to reveal some awful story yeah. about them. But no, no, the best one is I'm a fart in a bottle. <laughs> is what some, an answer. Um, and, and actually, that is my co-founder, Faye, from Christina Centre. Aguilera here? Yeah, no, no, no. no, sorry, no. Yeah, so, so um, you'd be amazed what you learn. <laughs> and what, what did they mean by that remark? She said, <laughs> I'm just bursting to get out. <laughs> And, and actually, that's a lovely story because I was terrified of interviewing Faye. Yeah. She was my first graduate recruit and I, and I knew she was more qualified. I have no degree. You know, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm employing this amazing graduate. And she says to me, my boyfriend says I'm a fart in a bottle. And candidly, 25 <laughs> years ago that happened and she's my partner in Centred Founder. Well, that's even better in Centred so with a C. That's yeah. brilliant. Okay, good. No, good. I can see that. There you go. I can see Hannah Previtt banking that <laughs> when it goes to elite business I'm so all sorry. the time. We just don't know. Sounds like a Sunday Times column to me. Anyway, uh, right, next one, quick fire. Best way to benefit from the wealth of government support milk. available. Okay, so milk it for all. I was very bad at this. Um, I didn't take any grants or anything. And now when I've got younger entrepreneurs that I'm mentoring, yeah. I have one, um, Jamie Price has, has launched Sustainabox during the shutdown. And... Yeah. Um, you know, I said to him the other day, get a hold of the Prince's Trust, get a hold of startup funding, get a just Google where's the money, yeah. you know, for startup. Because actually, compared to 1991, yeah. where I was embarrassed to tell people that I was running my own company and the word entrepreneur didn't exist, yeah. the amount of support out there. But I'll also preface that with, don't think that you turn up to Dragon's Den and just get the money and it's successful. Because yeah. actually, if you can sell your grandmother before you sell equity then you may hang on to equity that becomes a more valuable card in the long okay. term. Interesting, interesting. So uh, just in our final few minutes, Lara, you will, you've sold to over 100 countries around the world. Very often the bane of a business life is not getting paid, especially by big corporates, none of them involved with this event. Um, <laughs> top tip. Um, the answer is, is you never ever sell abroad without pro forma invoice to create a relationship at the outset because once you're off the island of England and Wales and the laws of England and Wales, which should be in your terms and conditions, you really have nothing. I mean, I have made the mistake, well, I had to collect the mistake of one of my sales teams. So I, I flew from Dubai to Oman and I sat at the desk of a finance guy and said I wasn't leaving the building even though he wanted to shut the office. So there are ways of collecting. That was one of my extraordinary experiences. But actually, do not export without getting the money first. And if somebody really wants the product, they will pay you. Interesting. And if I can grow a business that grew off reinvested cash and knew where my finance was and have 99% expert, I, others can. Really powerful. Very interesting. Thank you, Lara. So uh, I guess my final question uh, is going to come a bit more personal. Somebody watching might feel that they are frankly drained you know, of know energy, of indeed. <laughs> um, so, um, and by the way, they might be feeling that about one of their team. Some pithy practical advice. Um, 
what could they be thinking? What could they be doing? So I think this leads really nicely into the a panel event that we're going to have next about commercial growth. And actually, I think there are sensitivities and emotional intelligence that more now than ever we need to apply. And we're applying it down the phone line or down the Zoom or the fatigue mm-hmm. of these things. And so what's something we've introduced, a brilliant suggestion, not mine, of course, by one of my team, is we now have a no internal meetings week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's cleared the diary for people to get stuff done. Mm. And it's energizing them. And also we're about to run an innovations day where we just go oh, bollocks to the agenda. Let's let the emails rise up. Yeah, yeah. And let's just have some fun. And we're about... My, my team may be watching this, but, you know, they're going to get products and they're going to be challenged in part different, across businesses, across genre. We're even bringing in the bloody accountants. I mean, God knows what they're going to say, but they're an external source. We're going to bring in some of the agency That's people. Very open. Wow. And we're going to create a day to innovate. I love it. So final quick question. My image is Lara, Mer- Lara, Lara Morgan gets out of bed and does 50 star jumps. Uh, to what extent is that true? And if you are having a real shocker, what is your favourite technique to get back on the horse? I did not pay Ollie for that question. Um, So the answer is Lara sometimes gets out of bed, but she hates star jumps. She'd rather do burpees. Um, And what Lara does is when she... And I have been knackered through this. I mean, it's been a year and there's been very little holiday and there are days when I've gone downstairs. And I, I think it's honest for people to know that I've gone downstairs and gone... Just take a breath, mm. right? And maybe don't go straight to the laptop and open it up and do the email and get in this routine. But start, you know, literally, <laughs> I've got my notebook here for my speech, which you may have, but literally I just rewrite. Yes. And I reset. And that was back to this profitable prioritization. Yes. So I, look, I literally start with a blank sheet of paper. Love it. And that makes a difference. This is giving me, I'm, I'm, you, you've given me a shiver there because I heard that exact technique from someone I'm going to introduce uh, to everybody in just a couple of minutes' time. And okay, that good. is such a good tip. More very shortly. But for now, Lara Morgan, thank you thank so you. much for joining us.